back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, Noah? I, I, I'm good. Uh, how about you, Justin? Uh, not too bad. It's been a while, man, eh? Yeah. Since we've done one of these? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it has. I, I don't even think we had, like, an official, like, last episode. No, we got a bit confused on the last episode when it was, so, like, our last episode kind of just, like, uh, you know, I, I didn't think it really wrapped things up nicely, like, you know, we would have wanted to. Yeah, but I, I think technically this still counts as season one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like season one and a half, maybe. Yeah, but it's not season two, you know, so, like, it, it's like part one and part two. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, summer series, <laughs> summer edition, why not? Um, but, yeah, man, you know, lots lots going on in the last little, little while since uh, since we've been off the air. Um, yeah. And we're getting so close, so close to being back. Um, it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it, for sure. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, I assume you saw the, um, the, the tentative, like, schedule with all the times. Oh, yeah. For each day. Like, I am so excited. Yeah, it's going to be insane. I'm literally, like, I think August 1st, I'm just going to clock out from, society and just it's gonna be hockey every single day yeah to me it's like like on like sundays like we just like like you know with my roommates like we don't we don't do anything on a sunday like we sit in front of the tv and it's like football all day Uh and that's just what we do and now it's gonna be like every day is football sunday with just you know hockey being back nba will be back it's gonna be i want to say unproductive probably Highly. Highly unproductive, but it's going to be a good time for sure. I mean, we're talking, what, like three, at least three, four to six games a day, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I think from like noon to like 10, well, we're on Eastern time, so yeah, like noon to 10, like I think it's just all sports. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be amazing. I'm going to need to invest in a couple more TVs. Yeah, 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 I think we're going to have like four or five. Monitors and whatnot set up. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite the setup, I think. Yeah, it's it's gonna be real interesting. But they they should make like a, a kind of NFL red zone, but for the NHL. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sick. Just want you know, and maybe it'd be hard, but I th- I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, it, yeah. If you just like showed like you know goals, or you know if there's like a big fight or something. Yeah, anything been going on and just tunes in. That'd be really cool if they could set that up. I don't think they will, you know, because I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I, I think news broke today or yesterday about the broadcasting for the Return to Play tournament. Yeah. And, uh, so it's explained. It's uh, that each so Toronto is going to have the NBC feed for um, for image. And then Edmonton's going to have the Sportsnet feed for image. And then there's going to be a five-second delay on that. Yeah. So, yeah. you could be watching Sportsnet for the Toronto game, but it's actually the NBC feed. Yeah, because they got, they got Jim Houston doing uh, the Eastern Hub. And then I think it's Cuthbert out west mm-hmm. for us. So, um. Yeah, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna it's gonna be really yeah. fun, yeah. Yeah, so we're definitely gonna talk about more of the return to play stuff this podcast. 
Um, but before you know, we get into talking about the format um, and everything, which we talked about earlier when it was kind of unconfirmed, um, but I think it seems only right to talk about probably the biggest news, really, um, since our last episode way back when, which was the NHL draft lottery. Holy moly. I and mean, we experienced this together. Yeah, we watched it together, I think. We were actually together for this, which is uh, pretty unique. Yeah, um, we, had a, we had Jacob Barker, who was on one of our episodes. He was live streaming it and got all our reactions. I mean, crazy. And he's a Sens fan, so I th- he wasn't showing it, but I think he was devastated. Yeah, I mean, not the worst. Right so. Yeah, not the worst scenario for them by any means, but I mean, to lose out on a, a shot at Alexi Lafreniere, I mean, like he's going to be an unbelievable player, and he's going. He's going to a playoff team. This makes no sense. Yeah, like regardless, yeah, he's going to end up in a very good situation. Uh, I'm curious curious to know, of all the the potential places he could end up, what do you think is the spot that would drive hockey fans the most insane, that they'd be the most upset to see him go to? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I think, yeah. I I, I don't think there's a better answer than that. I think if the Leafs were to get Alexi Lafreniere would be in shambles. Yeah, I mean, the the three that, like, immediately jump to mind are Toronto, Edmonton, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. is like, teams where it's like, no one really wants to see him go there. Like, if you went to, you know, I think probably the best spots for him to go in terms of teams that, like, maybe deserve it would probably be, like, Arizona and, like, Minnesota. I'm going to throw Montreal in there. I have to. You have to the Montreal. You're a Quebec kid, so. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think it'd be really cool to see him in Montreal. I mean, I, you don't, you really don't see it often, just like homegrown talent going to his like hometown team. I think that'd be awesome, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I really wanted to see him in L.A. To see him in L.A. would have been cool, really cool. I really think Los Angeles would have been cool. I would have been horrified if it were either Ottawa or Detroit or Buffalo. Yeah, like, to me, like, I, like, I feel bad for Detroit, like, a little bit. Well, yeah, you have to. They were really bad. Yeah, to be that unbelievably bad this season, and to, you know, you're still, they're still going to get a great player, obviously, um, but to miss out, that's, that's tough for them, and I mean... Yeah, I think LA would have been super cool just because that market and to have a really you know big name player there um, would have been awesome. And they have a lot of good veterans to kind of learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, Luke Robitaille is still in the organization, right? Yeah, and he's you know one of the the greatest left wings of all time. Exactly. I mean, if there could have been, there would have definitely been something there if if he had gone to LA, but unfortunately, it's not the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate what happened for those bottom of the league teams, but it's that's that's it's random. You can't, you know, there's no guarantee. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that like, I appreciate about it is that you know people always talk about like you know are these draft lotteries 
rigged or whatnot, right? But, like, that outcome is obviously not at all what the NHL wants, right? Obviously not. Right, it's not, not good for them in the slightest. So, to see that as a result, it's like, you know, it almost, like, renews my faith that, okay, like, this lottery's for sure, for sure just random. Uh, Unless Toronto gets number one overall, in which case it's all rigged. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the other thing, too, though, is, like, for a lot of, like, the the teams in the play-in right now, like, it's an interesting situation for them. Like, if if you don't think you have a legitimate chance to be a cup contender, you know, having that, like, fallback that you have, like, a 1-8 and shot at Alexi Lafreniere, like, it's a bit tempting, especially for fans. Like, it softens that blow a bit, right? Yeah, I think it's it's nice for fans. It's tempting for fans, but, I mean... I, I really thought that at first, and then I, I kind of just looked around the league of what was going on in the training camps, and I think it's the consensus is that, it, at least for all the players, and I want to say all the coaches, but I don't know for sure all the coaches, is that they've been given a second chance. They're they're not about to just lose it for a one in eight chance to have Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah, like, in, in no way do I see a team throw in a series so they can have a one in eight chance at this, you know, unbelievably talented player. Um, but I, I see it more from like the fan perspective, like, like, let's say, you know, like, you know, Florida Panthers fans, you know, obviously we would love for the Panthers to, you know, beat the Islanders and, you know, have a deep playoff run. Um, but if it doesn't happen, you know, and if by, you know, they, if they happen to lose the play and it does soften that blow just a little bit. It, it, 100%. It's like, well, you know, at least maybe, you know, there's there's a chance that, that this might happen. So, um, very, very interesting, um, crazy, crazy situation. Very, con- very confusing draft lottery, by the way. Uh, yeah. Like, More questions than answers. Um, for, for, for me, it's going to be what's going to happen to the picks and the conditional picks. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of complicated stuff with that. Because, because, and th- this is what would horrify me about seeing Toronto get Lafreniere even more, is they're not even supposed to have a first-round pick. Yeah, but they they lottery-protected it. Exactly. Right, which, you know, obviously, smart thing to do, but it would just be, yeah, especially being in the same division, yeah, Toronto... I'd be very upset to see him go there. <laughs> but, you know, it's sports, so, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, he, we just got to embrace it. Yeah, I think you just you, you embrace the chaos and, like, you know, it gets people talking, um, creates some excitement. It, like, it's going to be a weird feeling for Lafreniere, too. Like, he's thinking on that night, he's like, okay, after tonight, I'm going to know where I'm going. And now it's like, he has no clue where he's going. But he knows he's going to go to a pretty decent situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, I'm I'm excited to see when um, exactly the draft draft lottery is going to be, and just considering that the next season is going to start in um, probably we're talking late December to early early January is. Are teams going to allow their prospects to play in the CHL if that happens for a month or two? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of leagues where you don't know 
when they're starting, what their plan really is, like a lot of these developmental leagues. And so there's there's a lot of talk with prospects and, you know, they're signing contracts. When are they eligible? Um, if you have a player where it's like, um, you know, do you, do you send them overseas for training camp or do you keep them on your, you know, 30-man roster? Like, what do you do with these players? What's the best place for them to be in? Like, we've seen... Um, a couple AHL players that have decided to go over to to Russia because they, they don't really know what's going to happen with the AHL season, if it's going to start in December, so they'd rather get back and start playing as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Peter Holland did that. Peter Holland did that. I know uh, Sam Mar- uh, Yeah, I'm just saying that because I saw on Twitter today he's quarantining. Yeah. He has to quarantine there. He's not having an easy time. It's just a lot of nothing yeah like i know edmonton had uh dimitri samarukov they loaned him to the khl for next season um after playing in the ahl this year so um very interesting stuff on the the prospect side not really sure you know where guys are going to be playing and when they're going to be playing so definitely something to follow uh, you know in the next coming months for sure yeah but uh, moving on into uh, the play-in format and the, the playoff format, um, we talked about it probably a few episodes ago, way back when, when it was like the proposed idea, but it wasn't official, um, made official. Um, your thoughts on it um, and how you think it's going to go? Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I- just, I've been I've been pretty bored, so I've been watching the um, the MLS back back tur- uh, MLS's back tournament. Yeah, how's I, I've not watched it yet. How's it been? It's it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, the first couple games were kind of hard to get into because having n- nobody in the stands and just being able to hear the you know the mics pick up everything. It's you're you're kind of like you get the feeling that you're watching like Sunday League or something, you know? Yeah. But the more you know, and then at the third game, and then the games get ex- exciting, and you kind of forget about that, and you you get used to it. So I, I think we'll get used to it. Um, the only concern, from my perspective, is going to be the ice quality. Playing three games a day. Three games a day. I mean. Hopefully they'll have nobody on in the morning. Yeah. It's... I assume teams aren't practicing, or are they? Uh, on the S, I have no idea where they're going to be practicing, what, you know, the I details mean, of it. But to play three games on the ice is, it's a lot. Yeah. And especially, it, like... It's full. Yeah, I don't think, like, enough people realize, like, it's like Edmonton and Toronto. Those places are hot in the summer. Yeah, like it's, it's hot outside, and it's tough to maintain the ice in the summer, especially when you you're using it like they're going to be using it. Yeah, so that's my main like worry. But also, I mean, we all saw what happened to Rogers' place this past week. Yeah. That's got a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, where Edmonton's located, they get a lot of storms, and obviously, like, at least the damage, like, it should be all fine, um, you know, the 
I know the team's been in the building, and it's just it's mostly I think the main like atrium. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's. I just hope you know we're getting out. We're getting the worst out of the way right away. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, and it's it's unpredictable. Like you never know, and you just gotta, you know, hope for the best. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how the facilities are able to handle it. You know, through the ice and just unpredictable events. Yeah. One thing I'm also really intrigued by is they have, like, their, like, uh, exhibition games, like, before they, they start their series. Yep. Just to, you know, get some of the rust off, right, and get back to, to playing a game. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're, you're looking at, like, the schedule and, and those play-in games or the exhibition games that they have. And, like, I, I'm curious to see how hard teams go. You know? Because you don't... From what I've seen in training camp, I would expect teams to come flying out the gate. Yeah. And, like, my big worry is that you, you see, like, an exhibition game and you have somebody get hurt. Like, you see, like, like Calgary and Edmonton playing each other, and it's like, yeah, it's an exhibition game. It means nothing, but, like... It's the first game back. It's the first game back, and those, like, the emotions, like, there's a lot of bad blood between those two teams, right? And even, like, you, you know, you have the, the Panthers and the Lightning, you have the Leafs in Montreal. So I'm curious to see how hard guys go and how hard they play in these exhibitions, because... There's the potential where something could go really wrong where a player has, you know, a bad injury and then has to miss the play-in round. Especially considering it's the first game back for a lot of guys that were injured before. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of guys... Tarasenko's going to be back. I mean, on the Leafs alone, you're looking at Morgan Riley, Cody Cece. Uh, I don't know if Cece was back, but uh, Mikheyev. There's a lot of players in that um, column that... You know, first game back from injury is it's going to be interesting. Yeah, like I was looking at I was looking at like the Hurricanes like return to play lineup um, that they'd invited to their camp, and you look at their defense, and they have like at least eight like pretty quality defensemen set to play just because they they you know made those moves yeah. at the deadline and brought those guys in thinking they were going to have injuries, and now everyone's healthy, and you've got you know Dougie Slavin. Pesci, Shea, Shea, Gardner, Vatman, Edmondson, Flurry. Like it's a lot of quality that they, you know, it's a good problem to have for them now that everyone's healthy. Yeah, um, t- yeah, guys are gonna get scratched that sh- normally wouldn't get scratched. Yeah, like it's very, very. Yeah, it's gonna be it's a good situation for them. But yeah, a lot of guys coming back from injury. Um, and even guys like that weren't like on injury reserve that were just banged up in general, you know, they're playing, you know, with a bit of a, a nagging injury. Now they're probably all healthy and they've had all this time to train. Um, so we'll kind of see that. Like, I think the the thing with the way it's set up and with the amount of time players have off, like, I don't really know what to expect, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is that, I mean, if you're Florida, Montreal, Toronto, you know, teams like that with a strong number one goalie that you know is going to start for the entire playoffs, is do you start that goalie in the preseason game, or do you go with your backup? I think, like, like, and, you know, this is obviously not my decision. Like, I, would pro- I might even go, like, half and half. Exactly. Right? Like, 
I think regardless, like, honestly, even if I had, like, two guys, like, there's a lot of teams that have, like, pretty good tandems. Like, I'd probably just go half and half in the game. Like, I, I mean, I would love to see Vegas go Flurry for the first half and Leonard for the second half and vice versa. Yeah, like, yeah. And, like, that's, like, the interesting thing. Like, there's a lot of teams that have multiple goalies that are, are pretty good. So, and, you know, I'm not really sure who's going to start. And one of those teams is the Islanders, um, who the Panthers are playing. Um, in this round, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, who teams end up going with and who they play in the exhibitions. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what um, like the Panthers and uh, Islanders' schedule is like, um, but I would not be surprised seeing uh, Barry Trotz go with Varlamo for the first game and then Grice the second game. And then just kind of go from there. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like you're looking at like, yeah. Should we just break down the Islanders Panthers? Yeah, we should probably just break it down right now. Yeah, I'm trying to find like the. Yeah, I got some stuff. It is yeah, it is very hard to find like articles and stuff on on the Florida Panthers. Like you know, because like I I haven't been able to you know watch any like training camp stuff, so I'm like trying to read about it, and there's like nothing online. So. You know, a bit limited in that regard. But the, the interesting thing, we talk about goaltending, which I think is going to be probably, I, th- I think it's going to be a big story in this series because you have, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky in net for the Panthers who had a brutal year, but he's played a lot of games over the last few seasons. And, you know, he's had injuries in the past and now he's had all this, you know, rest, you know, do we see a revitalized Bobrovsky and at least something similar to what we saw last season in the playoffs for Columbus? It's, uh, you know, and we won't know until this tournament actually starts, but I, I hope it's the refreshed Bobrovsky. Yeah, like in, in my mind, like I, I think we're going to see for sure a refreshed Bobrovsky in this series. Like, I don't know if he'll be quite at the level he's been in the past, you know, his Vesna seasons, um, but I expect him to be significantly better than he was during the regular season. Yeah. I, and, and if not, it, the, the, the question is, if he comes back to 2019-2020 uh, uh, Bobrovsky, is, should we be concerned that this is, like, an issue? Yeah, for me, I think, like, to me, he's had, like, all this time off, you know, to to train and to recover. And I think, you know, I think during the regular season, it was easy to say, okay, he's just, you know, pressure of a new contract. He's, you know, exhausted. He's played a lot of games over the last few seasons, right? And he'll he'll find his form eventually. But I think coming out of this, like, you know, I'd be very concerned if he didn't, at least play a little bit better than he did during the regular season. Yeah. Um, It's kind of scary to just, like, think about, but um, you don't really have a backup option. No, not really. Like, you're... I I mean, I'm not putting Drieger or Montembeau in his place. No. Like, barring, like, an injury or an absolute collapse of his play, like, I don't foresee anyone challenging him for playing time in these, you know, in the playoffs. 
Exactly. So you know Bobrovsky is going to be starting the entire playoffs. Is you kind of got to stick with him no matter what. Yeah, and just you know hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And but then on the and then on the other side you have the Islanders where they have Varlamov and Grice who both played a, a pretty good amount of games this year. Varlamov did start fourteen more games than Grice. Um, but Grice, I think he had like a 970 save percentage playing against the Panthers this year. So if you're if you're Barry Trotz, who who are you playing in this series? Are you going back and forth? Okay, well, so this is why I, did, I said that I, I hadn't looked at the schedule, and now I have. Um, the, the, the key component here is they have a back-to-back for games two and three. Yeah. I, I, I think that'll be kind of um, tough, but... I fully, like, would not be surprised if Varlamov knew he was game one and Grice knew he was game two. And then it was just, they they went from there. Yeah, like, to me, it's... And and then that that gives you the opportunity that if they're both equal, you just play Varlamov for game three since Grice will have played the previous day. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I think Varlamov will probably end up getting the nod game one, um, just because based on the amount of games played, it seems like that's who they prefer. Um, that's who they're paying for. Yeah, so they're de- I, like I I think they'll definitely go with him to start, but I think like you know some teams are hesitant to kind of move away from from their goalie and go with the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see the Islanders being like that. I think if Varlamov stumbles, they'll have no issue throwing Grice in there. Yeah, um, because I think they, you know, they think they'll get a quality started on him, and they probably will. One hundred percent. So it's a nice luxury for them to have um, to kind of have that safety net where you got two pretty decent goalies back there. Yeah, and another thing about the schedule is like, both games two and three are at noon. Yeah. I don't even know if there are noon start times. I think the only noon start times were because of uh, maybe the time difference. No, not even. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, you know, so I don't know if that's going to be an adjustment for players because I do know that when they're, they're not exactly at the same place if they play a 1 p.m. game or a 7 p.m. game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an adjustment for them. Um, I think it would be good. Like, if they, you know, you get to bed early, you're getting up, and then it's... I think, yeah, it'll be an adjustment for sure, you know, after playing, you know, late games for pretty much, you know, all of the regular season all the time. Um, but I think I think they'll fi- both teams will figure that out. Um, the other thing... Uh, to focus on, I was looking at some of the numbers from, you know, the season and from their kind of season series against the Islanders. Um, but Ekblad and Weger, um, both healthy, uh, will for sure be, I think, heavily leaned on in this series. And they were just phenomenal for the Panthers uh, against the Islanders this year, even though the Panthers did drop all three games. Um so I think I think if the Panthers are going to have any success. It's going to start, I think, with Bobrovsky and then Ekblad and Uyghur. And yeah, and I think on top of that, we're going to need to see consistency from the first line. 
Yeah. Um, just especially uh, Barkov. Barkov has had, at least I remember, one pretty extensive um, cold streak where he wasn't scoring or having any points. Is it now you need it at, at every game? You know. Yeah. Like you look at this matchup, like on paper, it's you have you know a high-scoring Panthers team against you know a really sound defensive team in the New York Islanders. Um, to me, like the thing with the Panthers' offense, so like they scored a lot of goals this year. They had you know a lot of twenty-goal scorers, uh, <laughs> including you know Noel Achari, who's just awesome. Um, but it was just like they were so streaky with their scoring. Like it was like a guy might go like six games without a goal, and then you'll you'll score a hat trick, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know if they can if they can get the consistency, or if they can just get streaky at the right time, um, yeah. huge benefit. But you know you also run the risk like if if guys start going cold, especially the top guys, then you know I don't think there there's any scenario where the Panthers could like out defense the Islanders. You know? I yeah I. Definitely not. Yeah. That, that's, you know, it's signature Islanders, like, playing style. Yeah. And it's what we've come to expect from them uh, since Barry Trotz took over. So, just, they don't, you know, it's a, it's, they, I'm fully expecting a very low-scoring series. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be, and especially with the Islanders, they have uh, Adam Pellick back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they, they they traded for Jean Gabriel Pajot. They they traded for Andy Green as well. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, like yeah, you talk about like the deadline. Like the Islanders are a team that goes out and they get you know JG Pajot. They get you know Andy Green, and on the other side, the Islanders or the Panthers. Sorry, um, it was interesting. They they kind of. They were kind of sellers, but also kind of not really. Mm-hmm. Like, they traded away Vinny Trocek, but they did get Eric Hall, Eric Hall back. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, I, I like Hall a lot. Um, but for sure, probably a downgrade from Vinny Trocek. I, you know, you, you've got to you, assume that, yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is, like, you have these guys who, who were moved at the deadline, right, but they didn't end up playing with their new teams for very long. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they probably got, like, nine games in. And so, you know, I, I'm guessing they're coming back into this now feeling a lot more comfortable and a lot more a part of the group and the team going into this restart here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I think Hollis said that on a, a, a podcast the other day or whatever it was, that he feels, like, much more comfortable now and he feels... Like, he's, he's a part of the group now that he's been around the guys more. Yeah. Um, so, it's interesting to see, how, you know, those de- the impact that the deadline moves have. Because um, both teams kind of approach that very differently. 100%. So, we'll see how that goes. And the other thing, and then I was, you know, reading some other stuff too. And I think one of the other big factors for the Panthers will be a lot of the depth guys they have. And one of those guys is Brian Boyle. Um who was a bit banged up, but he's ready to go now. Um, and he, he's one of the players on the Panthers with, uh, you know, a good amount of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's been in the league a long time. So I think 
I think his presence will be a big factor for the Panthers in this series. Yeah, hopefully it will be. Yeah, and even Hollett, too. Like, Hollett, you know, he had his deep run with Vegas. Yeah, he has experience. So, it, it's going to be interesting to see what, what impact those guys can have, especially if, like, the Panthers drop one or two games, those veteran guys who have been in those situations. Um, yeah, I mean, what baffles me about the schedule is the three-day break between game one and game two. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be really, really interesting to see how they play it because, I mean, if they can't practice, then, that's going to be weird. Yeah, it'll be very weird. But I, assu- I assume there'll be something in place for them to practice. I'm just hoping it's not going to be on Scotiabank Arena's uh, ice surface. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I have no clue, like... I've not heard a ton of details on Toronto's hub. Like, I've heard much more, I think, on Edmonton's. Yeah, I mean, do they have multiple ice rinks available to them in Edmonton? Yeah, the, the in Edmonton, I think they have the hotel attached, and they have a practice rink attached. But it's all in the same place. Yeah, like, it's all it's all there. So, like, the, the, they'll have the practice rink there that I'm guessing teams will use. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, I mean, when I think about it is when we went to um, Detroit, yeah. they had their practice rink inside. Yeah, it's like underneath the concourse. Yeah. And which, like is, the which is sick. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a fantastic building. But I don't think Toronto has anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I have no and clue. I, I assume their practice facility isn't in the city. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I could be wrong on that. I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I mean, are you going to bus teams out to practice, or how is that going to work? And if you're busing them out, then nobody else has to use that facility. Yeah, I think, honestly, we'll just have to, to wait and see, Yeah, you know, how it works. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't go to Toronto much. I don't know the city very well. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Last thing here, Noah, before uh, we sign off. Um, let's talk about the, the players in camp for the Panthers um, and what you think, uh, who you think they're going to be bringing into the bubble with them. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it, the team looks a lot similar to what we saw during the season, minus that holo trade. Um I think we see that very similar uh, team on the ice. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if a younger guy like Owen Tippett is going to make the cut and be able to like garner some actual playing time because she lit it up in the AHL this season. Yeah, he had a fantastic year in the AHL. I think no question they take him into the bubble. Um, but whether he plays and where he plays, big question. I think... I don't think he starts the the series, but uh-huh. I, but I think if you get in a situation where maybe you know the offense is dried up a bit and you're looking for a spark, you know that's what that's yep. what Owen Tippett does is he you know he scores goals, and so just to maybe you know have a different look and to try and you know find something to create some offense, um, I think is a really good option. Mm-hmm. The other guy who's been quite noticeable at camp was Chase Chase Prisky. Um, who was acquired in the uh, 
the Vinny Trocheck deal. He's looked really good, but um, like I, I don't expect him to play. No, um, I, I don't know. It's going to be close. I, I think I think Joe Punville has a couple head scratchers, but it's I, I ultimately I don't think he's going to make it. But it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I yeah I'd like to see him in the bubble for sure. Yeah, like I'd be bringing him. I'd be bringing Tippett. I'd be bringing uh, Sorella in there. Um, yeah, just give them the experience. I mean, it's it, it goes a long way, and that's why we saw teams like Montreal, and Minnesota, and the Islanders. Is they're signing players right now so they can bring them to the bubble, even though they can't play. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, and like yeah, having players in the bubble, it's going to be interesting. And I think you might see some guys get playing time that you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. Right. Like, like in like Toronto, like you might see Nick Robertson in the playoffs, and I don't think you were going to see that if the season went along accordingly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so having these players at you know their disposal for teams, uh, I think gives them an interesting option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see how teams approach it and how they manage it. Um, yeah. Oh, one of the other things we didn't talk about was uh, assistant coach Kitchens opting out of the return to play and going into the bubble for the Panthers. Uh, I think that's, you know, I have no problem with that. You know, it's, it's his decision. I, I'm not going to start... S- complaining that I can't just opt out of my job like it's it's fine by me he's an old guy right yeah he's an old guy like yeah totally understandable him opting out like and really anyone that opts out like no blame on that like you gotta do what you think's best for for you I mean I have no like I have no no basis on which to judge you yeah and it, uh, but it will be interesting to see how it maybe impacts the team and you know their coaching staff um, and how they prepare for games. I don't know a ton about Coach Kitchens and you know how he manages players. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll it'll feel probably a bit different for them without him there. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they go on a deep run and it, it all works out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. I don't think. The impact is going to be that big, but I definitely think it'll be there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, I mean, we'll just kind of have to wait and see how things uh, kind of go once they get started. Yeah. That is really all it is. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, man, I think that, uh, I think we should yeah. end it there. Before, before we end oh. it, um, did, you, did you see the pump-up video the NHL posted? Which when? one? The Greatest Showman uh, song. I saw a little bit of it. I haven't watched the full thing yet. It was great. Who was it? Oh, I loved it. I'm so excited. Yeah. For me... I, I like... Baseball... Baseball had a good one, and... I mean, they're... All the sports are making... Are doing a really good job, but I thought it was super entertaining. Yeah. For me, like... The one NHL promo that always gets me is the... There Are No Words one. Yeah. Like, that one, like... I don't know, it just gets me fired up. I'm pretty sure there's a shot of TJ Oshie hugging his dad in that one. Yeah, I think there is, and there's, like, Tamu Solani and, like... Yeah. A bunch of guys. That, that's just an awesome one. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I'm just going to check out the Greatest Showman one. I heard it was really good. Yeah, it was. Um, but, yeah, so excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, it's going to be fun, and we're almost there, like, yeah, under two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, uh... It's going to be a fun ride, something we've never experienced or seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so that does it for uh, for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone tuning in. Uh, we will be back with a ne- next week with another episode, uh, and we will see you all then. Yeah.